Welcome to the Rent to Retirement Podcast, your resource for passive real estate investing and retirement strategies. If you're new to real estate or planning your financial future, you're in the right place. Join us at renttoretirement.com to find your path to financial freedom and an easy, carefree retirement. Enjoy the show. Hey, Rent to Retires, it's Adam Schrader here for another episode, and I am joined by fellow investment strategist, Corey Zygman, as you all know and love. And we are joined today by Josh. He is the co-founder and CEO of Inspectify. And we met Josh at the Bigger Pockets conference and talked with him. Inspectify, believe it or not, does inspections and helps people with their inspections on properties. And I said, you know what? We don't talk about inspections enough. We need to, to talk about them because they are obviously the sexiest thing one can talk about when it comes to uh, purchasing. So Josh, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. And I appreciate the hype around inspections. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can say it's the sexiest, but uh, we like it. We enjoy work on it. So, Well, I mean, it's one of the one of the make or break things in a deal a lot of times. So let's go over just kind of your background. Kind of tell us a little bit about your investing background and how you decided to start this company and kind of what y'all actually do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been... I'm a real estate investor since 2010. Um, so I got into it right after I graduated from undergrad. I uh, participated, which which is now I think called house hacking, which uh, I didn't know was a thing back when I did it, where you know, I bought the house I lived <laughs> you gotta in. Got to name everything. You got to name everything. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, I bought the house that I lived in, um, had tenants, lived there, renovated sold that and used the the profit to pay for business school. So I went to business school on the East Coast. And on the way, I met my wife, and she was just as crazy about as I was. And so we just kept buying, flipping, started to hold some properties. And kind of brings to, you know, where we are today. We, you know, we've probably bought and sold over 50 homes. We've got six doors that we manage here in Seattle, um, all through our family office. And um, obviously, that experience uh, got me pretty in tune with inspections. You know, every every home we purchased, every home we sold during the renovation process, inspections were happening um, you know, quite often. And, you know, I, as uh, you know, start with how you put it, like I did, did not find it as the sexiest part of the transaction. It was actually probably the more painful parts of the transaction. So, um, you know, I, I set out to try to have inspections work for you, not against you. Right. And, um, really, the the premise around Inspectify is, you know, the the home inspection around the purchase. I think is is easily one of the more complex and comprehensive data sets that exist around the home. Um, but there's really no utility in that, right? Like your normal inspection one is not standardized. So if you inspect the same home five times in five different inspectors, you will get five completely different reports. And so if you want to build a process, you want to build a business on that, you have to start by standardizing it. And that's really what we're trying to drive here. Inspectify is a standardized output that's unique to what the customer needs um, and creating more value out of the data um, to help you both in the transaction as well as you know, overall management of that property as well. So that's a 30,000 foot on me. Yeah, I, I constantly joke with people that, well, it's kind of a joke, is that inspectors' jobs are to make sure no one ever buys a home because um, it's obviously every single thing that could possibly be wrong with it, they have to cover so that they don't get sued. And yeah, so when it comes to actually, you know, you mentioned not having it standardized. Um, how do you, what do you look for in an inspector to actually tell you if they're good or not? Because I mean, there's some places where inspectors don't have licenses at all. There's some places where they are licensed, but really you're just looking at a you know rolodex or a yellow pages of inspectors who at some point in time passed some exam that the county had or paid fifty dollars to get in and uh, so what to you makes an actual good inspector yeah i mean uh, the reality is 
where home inspectors get in, uh, in trouble is when they start going off uh, off on a limb, like creating their own opinion on exactly the uh, how how that risk associates to the customer. Because in the day, we all have different risk appetites when we're purchasing properties, right? Like what you may be concerned about in a home may be completely different from me, which when you know, I've got three kids at home and I, I care a lot about lead paint versus an investor that is going to demo that wall anyway, right? And so, you know, a, a good inspector is one that, that regardless of the customer, follows the standard process and, and documents the property to its true condition. And then the impetus is on the consumer, the person that's actually paying the inspection, to make the decision on their appetite of risk, right? That's not the job of the inspectors to tell them to buy or not to buy the home. It's truly just to give you a, a, state in time, a, a statement in time of how that condition of the home is, right? And so in terms of how that relates to the abilities of the inspector, like one that is organized and structured, right? And, and a lot of that we've um, aided with with our platform is we, we provide the software that inspectors use to complete these inspections, right? So we've standardized the flow for them. Like when they're going through the exterior, they're checking the same things every time. When they're going electrical, they're checking the same things every single time. And so by, by providing that structure, we were able to provide a consistent output from that. You know, you made the point about, you know, training and regulations. Like the big challenge in the inspection space is every state looks at it differently. There's 37 states in the union that regulate inspections. There's 13 that have no regulations. State of California being one of them. Right, like any random person off the street can market themselves as a home inspector, and so for us, the way we think about it is one: you know, there are some decent trade associations out there that provide at least stable, um, ongoing training and, and, and annual education. So, Ashi, Internashi are a couple of the great ones. So, we require inspectors to be a part of that. We also personally interview every single inspector that joins the platform, right, and to ensure that they represent themselves well, that they. Um, are professional in nature. And then there's a lot of ongoing training and coaching that goes with that, right? Um, both programmatically through our software, but also we have our you know, inspector partnerships team that works with our inspectors if they notice that, hey, to do the best job document this, this is how we do it. And so it's, it's very much a partnership to, to ensure that we have that level of quality, but it starts with some base level qualifications to ensure that you know, um, we've got a good partner to start with as we kind of work with them. I love it. Can I, I want to ask a question too, Josh, is that, you know, you, because being an investor and, you know, I've also been an investor about the same amount of time and seeing so many different inspection reports. I've had some that were literally written on like a post-it note and it was just so crazy. Um, so if you're, when you're getting your inspections and you're having the qualifications and creating a systematic approach with checklists, things like that, did part of that come from being an investor and part of that come from the actual inspection side and what some of these state requirements were? And how did you kind of commingle those ideas to create the approach that you have? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the other part of my background I mentioned is I've, I've been working in tech for the better part of you know, seven or eight years. And my most recent job before Inspectify is I ran operations for a company called Fly Homes, which was one of the first kind of power buyers in the real estate um, movement. Um, and with that, so I helped two to 3,000 consumers, first-time home buyers, through the process of buying a home. And you know, what I realized from that compared to my experience investing is what a first-time home buyer needs from inspection compared to a savvy investor are two very different things, right? Um, it's still, you're still capturing the same data, but the consumer needs more education and the investor needs more efficiency, right? Because they are buying multiple deals. They want to be able to get to that green light, red light as fast as possible. Whereas the consumer needs their handheld to understand like, what is a water heater? How does a water heater work, right? Whereas investor 
they don't care about that. They want to know if the conditions so they can put in their budget if they're going to replace or not, right? Um, so I think the first thing was understanding that you need flexibility in terms of how the content of the inspection is digested because the use cases are different. Um, but I think outside of that, I think the interesting thing we saw at Fly Homes is, and it comes back to this consistency, is because we worked with thousands of customers, we had customers that were, you know, both interested with, with clients that were both interested in the same house. So the Fly Homes may represent like four or five homes customers at all building on one, two, three Main Street. And so as, as the head of ops, like I had to coordinate inspections to all four of those customers. And so we truly like would see the inconsistency that would come from, we, we literally inspected the same house within days. And the variability we'd see that came out of it was dramatic. Like it was, it was eye-opening how, how inconsistent it was. Um, and so, you know, I think there is some experience that I pulled into from my investment, but also like working with consumers, helping thousands of people through the process, realize um, the inconsistencies when you do apples to apples between the same inspector in the same house. So that's really what informed, you know, how we've gone about building the, the software and the platform and Inspectify. When you look at your inspections as a as an investor, what are the things that you gravitate towards? I mean, obviously, there's the major systems that are there that you need to check out on. But what are some of the other things that you look at that are kind of your deal breakers necessarily? Yeah, I mean, there's some 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 common big one, red flags that you know it's probably not profoundly my my uh, idea that that are pretty common out there, like. The classic one I give is cracks in the foundation, right? Everybody should know that the crack is going up and down. It's not that big of a deal. If it's going left or right, it's a big deal. You should pause because that means that the house is basically buckling underneath each other. So that's a really simple one that you can just look. It's like, eh, I don't want to deal with that. That's that's uh, that's going to be a big cost to change. The biggest one that it, to me is like the scariest thing to find on a report um, because it, it perfulates throughout the rest of the house is when you can start to see what I call a weekend warrior work where like the homeowner or their friend down the street decided to grab a couple beers and like tear open the panel and redo the electrical panel on the weekend. And the challenge with that is it's, it's, if it happens once, it means they did it elsewhere in the house. And it's what, it's not about what you see, it's what you don't see. Right. And those typically be, uh, those can be the most expensive fixes you have where it's, you know, you're kind of assuming the system was just replaced. So like, you know, you don't need to touch that for a handful of years where in, in, in theory, it's actually not done to code. It's not done correctly. And now you have to yank it all and rebuild it. So that's easily the scariest thing that you see on a report. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's detecting that it's the biggest thing. So. Yeah, nothing, nothing like uh, going out and doing some YouTube university on the weekend. It doesn't, uh, it's a little different in the house. It's not great for investors. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> So how many deals, I'm curious, you talked about how you've, uh, you've done 50 deals, you, you're holding six now. How many deals do you know have you uh, bailed on because of inspections? Uh, my conversion's probably in the 20 to 30%. Um, which, you know, might be good, might be bad, depending on the, but like we've, we've learned the hard way that that investment in the inspection is, is worth its weight. Um, now, there are ways to defer your inspection cost, right? Um, and we've actually built tools and products around that. Um, but to me, like walking away from a deal because it's got major weekend warrior issues, like I just saved myself $20,000. I didn't just lose $400. I saved myself $20,000. So, um, yeah, our conversions, you know, probably 20, 30%. It's, it, 
got worse in the last year because market was so competitive. It's getting better now. Um, like I can be really, really picky on my properties now. So um, I can, uh, you know, get a higher certainty around a conversion, but you know, it varies just based off market norms. So. All right. So I know um, you, you have an example of, uh, of a uh, inspection report you have. And so I want to bring that in because to me, one of the, the things and what Corey and you have talked about is sometimes you'll get a 10 page inspection report. Sometimes you get an 80 page inspection report and you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And there's some pictures here, pictures there. Some are in yellow, some are in green, some are in red. Some of them are summarized. Some of them aren't. I mean, it can be a logistical nightmare. Um, and so you obviously, as we are talking about here, you have a platform where people can actually kind of see it. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of walking us through a little bit of what people are actually going to see and kind of, and people, this doesn't necessarily mean you have to use Inspectify, but this is something that, you know, when you look at this, you can kind of create your own model if you don't use them for some reason, but, and obviously it'll show you the important things to look at when you're seeing the inspection report. So. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. So, so what you're seeing here is our standard investor inspection report. So as I mentioned, we, we support a fairly broad spectrum of verticals, consumers, as well as like property managers, insurance carriers, lenders, et cetera, et cetera. But through our work with investors, both mom and pop and institutional, we've kind of created kind of what we think is the standard um, investor template uh, at the time of purchase. And so, you know, a couple of things on note, um, if, if you've looked at inspection reports, you know, we, we pride ourselves on our online report. Like you can export this as a PDF, but you get a ton of efficiency with the online report because you can simply you can jump around different sections you can you can you know drill down to exactly the, the point of data you're looking for um but you can also scroll through pretty quickly and, and find information that, that you're identifying a couple things that sets our report and template really software apart from a lot of what else is out there is, is one our our reports are extremely media rich right um you know I remember my first inspection report I got in 2010, it was 120 20 pages long and it had nine photos in it. It was 118 pages of text, basically. And so, again, going back to the difference between a consumer report and investor report, investor is about efficiency, right? You want to be able to you know, act quickly on that deal and be able to get to a point of conviction if you're going to buy or sell that house. And, um, you know, having the classic adage that, you know, a thousand words makes a picture, like, that very much applies to what we're, what we're building here. So you've got a lot of media, a lot of viewpoints from different parts of the house. Um, and there's two other data points that we're collecting here, um, or data structures to say. One is, is more um, information material type data about the property. So you think here under the home inspection details, we're, we're capturing bedroom count, we're capturing occupancy status, we're, we're capturing if any potential additions, conversions were done to flag that weekend warrior work that I mentioned. Um, we're also counting interior doors because that's a function of renovation costs. And I can kind of show how we use that here in a second. Um, outside of the information type materials, <clears throat> we also have deficiencies. So if we scroll up here, you'll see we, we break down deficiencies into three camps, safety, repair, and monitor. And because inspectors are using our software, it doesn't matter if it's in Texas or Ohio or Florida, or if it's inspector A or inspector Z, they're using our standardized library of deficiencies when using these, when completing these reports. And so what that means is when you're inspecting multiple properties over a month, over a year, you can start to compare one to another, right? In terms of the things that can go wrong with their property. 
Um, and so within, you know, we'll, we'll take an example of electrical deficiency here. This is a home that has missing cover plates, right? So this may not be a deal breaker for you, but it's, it's evident um, where the deficiency is. It's standardized. And because it can cause electrical, electrical shock, it's a safety hazard, but a simple one that you can fix. Um, so that gives up the, 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 the structure of the data in terms of what we're actually capturing. Um, you know, a normal acquisition, <clears throat> excuse me, purchase inspections, you know, look at all the major systems of the home. So plumbing, electrical, HVAC, um, all the appliances is going to look at common areas, bedrooms, exterior roof, um, and have questions within that. But the beautiful thing about our platform is if you come to Inspectify and say, hey, <clears throat> I love this base template, but I want to capture an additional data point here and there. We can adjust that and then it's simply programmatically controlled, right? Now all inspectors are capturing that additional data point. And so, you know, you can take this and, and make it a bit more a la carte as you need um, because every investor is slightly different. And so we've got a base data set that we know investors need, but you have the flexibility to adjust that because every investor thinks about properties differently. As I mentioned earlier, everybody has a different risk profile. So you may want to look at data slightly differently and you have the ability to do that. Um, so that's a, a, a crash course on <clears throat> what our reports look like. A new feature I'd love to highlight um, that we've really just rolled out in beta in the last um, last month is if you think about what investors are doing with inspection reports, the next step after the report is building a scope of work, right? And what we've seen a lot of our customers do is take that inspection report, have their spreadsheet on, the, on another monitor and like transcribe that between the two to build that scope of work. And so what we've done is we've actually created a platform that allows you to do that directly on top of the report. And that's our rehab suite um, that we've been rolling out. So basically how it works is, as you can tell, you're still looking like looking like the similar report you saw before. But now whenever you see, you know, let's say that you wanted to um, fix that, uh, let me jump to the electrical system and fix that um, missing uh, switch plate, as I mentioned. You can go into the cover plate, add a work item. Customers automatically get access to our own pricing. So we have our own proprietary pricing we provide. You can also import your own pricing if you need to. But as you can imagine, you can go and place cover plates. It's $5 per unit. Um, and now you can start to imagine building that scope of work. Now that's a one small item. Imagine you're doing, you know, replacing all the kitchen cabinets, replacing the flooring, updating the appliances. You can build the entire scope of work on here. And pretty quickly, within a matter of minutes, if not an hour, get an idea of what your rehab costs are before you even move past the inspection stage, right? So you can be more diligent around your performa, your yield, your caps, what, whatever your, your metric is that you're optimizing for, that rehab information is very critical for it. And we just try to make it even easier and leverage that inspection data um, to make it more efficient. So that's a quick tour on, on our reports and, and some of the options we have um, from that. That's awesome. That's huge for people that are doing active uh, deals. That's a really big opportunity to know like what they're getting into. Very, very cool. I love it. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, how many states are you in right now actively? Like, have you targeted certain states? Are there places that you like better than others? Yeah, I mean, we, we have inspectors in all 50 states. Um, okay. Our density kind of follows where investors are picking up homes. So we do a lot in the smile states. If you're familiar with that adage, the Northwest, the Southwest, Texas, Southeast, Northeast. Um, but because we have that scalable you know, inspector network, um, we're able to turn on markets very, very quickly. Um, so I think any market where investors are, are actively playing today, you'll see that we already have a presence there. That's great. So you mentioned the uh, building out the, the rehab thing on there. Now, obviously, 
investors who are coming through us, we're just going to send that <laughs> that rehab list that we make to our uh, to our teams and say, hey, fix this before you buy it. But assuming you're kind of a do-it-yourselfer, you know, maybe you're doing a burr and now you have the inspection and you're making this list. Are those actually set prices that people can like y'all have handyman or whatever who can go in there and do it? Or how does that part work? Yeah, I mean, we, our pricing is just based off you know nationwide numbers that we've aggregated over the last handful of years. Um, we don't have contractors on the back end willing to do that work. It's more about how do you how do we improve the underwriting process versus versus the renovation process, right? Um, we do have the ability to collaborate with your contractors on this platform. So let's say that you build that scope of work and you've got a GC you use for your, your terms. You can share this this portal with them and they can go and adjust the pricing based off what they need. And you can get to that kind of happy invoice as fast as possible. Um, but don't think of us as a, you know, you know, renovation platform. Like we want to be as neutral as party as possible in the inspection. Like we don't want to be involved with actually completing the work. Like our job is Switzerland. We want to be on the, down the middle neutral fairway and tell you exact condition. And then you take that data and decide what to do with it. Um, and so that that's really what we're trying to build, right? We're not, we're not really involved in in coordinating repairs, but we make it easy for you to collaborate with your contractors with that data set. So you're giving aggregated material costs, not labor cost. Both, both. So if we jump into, um, let's say we jump into, I'll just grab a example. Um, you know, this trim is is a low variety for material labor baked together, right? Four dollars per per linear foot. Um, if you have a higher level finish, you can see that jump up depending on what you're trying to do, right? Um, but a lot of these are baked in material and labor um, just to, for the effort of approximation, right? Um, we are looking at bringing SKU libraries in from the materials perspective to give you another layer of detail. Um, but right now, this data we're providing is just our own that we give for free to, to allow you to better estimate. But a lot of our investors are importing their own data, right? They already have their own contractors. They already have um, their own ideas of what materials they're going to use. So you can actually import that into our tool. And then when you're building on top of the report, you'll have that, that functionality. Um, but for your everyday investor that just needs to approximate cost of renovation um, for their, you know, their, their different calculations in terms of yield or performa, this gives them a, a pretty easy option to, to approximate um, right off the inspection. And so you mentioned having it standardized, you know, obviously the data is standardized is the, uh, <laughs> There's obviously difference in pricing between like California and Texas and Florida and Ohio. Are is the pricing standardized as well, or is that market dependent? Um, it will adjust based upon the zip code. Um, so you do so, see some fluctuations. We're making an assumption that material cost doesn't change dramatically. That may not be the best assumption, but it's one we make. So the big driver is labor costs. Um, obviously, if you're doing flips on Hawaii, you're gonna have to pay more for shipping. Some material costs will be higher, but um, by and large, the big driver we see for variability is labor costs, which we adjust. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was talking about for the actual inspection report. Oh, 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 sorry. In terms of the cost of the inspection. Yes. Yeah. So for the way that we do our standardized pricing for the inspection is we break markets into three zones. Zone one being San Francisco Bay, which is by the most expensive area to do inspections. Um, zone three being kind of rural parts of Tennessee, um, as just an example of uh, where prices will be lower. And so you've got these three different zones that pricing will adjust. And then the, the second factor is um, uh, size of the home, right? The size of the home basically adjusts how long they're there. If it's a thousand square foot house versus a 5,000 square foot house, they're going to spend a lot more time doing the 5,000 square foot house. 
The only other outlier outside of that is, as I mentioned, we do a lot of other types of inspections, not just purchase inspections. So we work a lot with property managers on move in, move out and turn inspections and rent readies. And those inspections are typically a much lower price point and there's not as much variability market to market, right? So we have nationwide PMs that you use us and they have one standard price for rent ready. It doesn't matter what markets and they're going to pay that standardized price. So it's really the, the full blown purchase inspections that we do that you see the variability based upon know where the home is located all right fantastic so do you have any final uh words you want to tell our listeners about just the general uh inspection process or anything else you want to leave us with yeah i think i think the uh, i think probably on a lot of investors minds right now is just the overall you know broader macro environment and now's the best time to use those inspections to your to your benefit right now buyers have more leverage than ever before so um now is where you can get the best deals, but make sure you have the data to back it um, when you're going and offering a lower price. So um, now's a good time to make sure inspections are working for you, not against you. Yeah. Do not be waiving those contingencies anymore, people. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that should not be uh, happening. So there's a, a link that we're putting on the, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, it's on there. Now, if you're listening to this on a podcast, it's going to make a lot more sense to go to our YouTube page and at least watch the part where he uh, runs through the inspection report. Highly recommend that. Um, so that'll be there. But it's inspectify.com slash partners slash investors. You can set up a time to talk with them about it. But uh, Josh, really appreciate you being here today. Again, Josh is the co-founder and CEO of uh, Inspectify. You can find their general website. It's just inspectify.com. If you want to find a property that you can get inspected, you can head over to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. You can see everything we have there. Schedule a time to talk with us about finding the right investment property for you. And we'll talk to you on the next episode.